Hi, I'm Shelly Cameron, CEO of the City of Philadelphia's Division of Aviation, and you're listening to my podcast, Taking Off with Shelly Cameron, where I take you behind the scenes of the Philadelphia International Airport and the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. Taking Off is a rare glimpse inside one of the busiest airports in the United States. In today's episode, we're visiting the Northeast Philadelphia Airport, which goes by airport code PNE, with John Brewer, the airport's operations manager. John oversees airport administration, security, operations, and maintenance at the sixth busiest airport in Pennsylvania. Yes. John, I'm so excited to have you join me well, today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's my so, pleasure. So, John, PNE is a general aviation reliever airport. It is. Would you explain to our listeners, especially folks who are not familiar with all of our airport lingo, what that means? Absolutely. So I'll start with reliever. Reliever, we relieve traffic flying into Philadelphia International Airport. Traffic that can legally land at a general aviation airport can fly into the Northeast Airport. If it were not for airports such as Northeast Philadelphia Airport, there'd be a lot more traffic flying into Philly International slower traffic that would be delays, potential delays for the airlines. So they try to sort that smaller, slower flying traffic away from the larger commercial airports and have them go to a general aviation reliever airport. And general aviation is pretty much anything aviation other than commercial. Commercial aviation being like Philly International. You buy a ticket for You buy a it, ticket, right? you fly from Scheduled here. Scheduled service. Probably connecting you to the world. That's right. That's right. That's so right. general aviation is you can still fly from P&E to wherever you want. If you have the money, you can charter an aircraft. Very expensive. Most people can't do that. General aviation is private pilots, recreational pilots, sport pilots, corporate aviation, flight schools, flight clubs, medical flights. We see those daily coming in and out to Philadelphia flying organs. Law enforcement, media, Channel 3, Chopper 6 are both based at the Northeast Airport. Blimps, so Banner, in a lot of ways, agricultural. you actually have more diversity in what you handle in terms of types of flights and, and services that you provide than we do. We do. Um, it's, a, it's a larger scale. It's a, a different scale of flights that we have at the Northeast Airport than Philadelphia International than the has. International. Yeah, yeah, I mean, International does have corporates, but basically exists for the commercial aviation to fly someone from here to there. Yeah. So sometimes we say PNE. And other times we say Northeast Philadelphia Airport. What's the difference between the two names? So the Northeast Philadelphia Airport is owned and operated by the city of Philadelphia. The city of Philadelphia gave the airport its name, Northeast Philadelphia Airport, back in 1980. Prior to that, it actually used to be called the North Philadelphia Airport. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Absolutely. In 1980, it changed the North Philadelphia Airport to the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. But the Federal Aviation Administration designates airports by a three-letter identifier, P&E. That's the name that the Federal Aviation goes by. And sometimes that designator is called a designator, P&E. You can tell by the designator who the airport is. Other times you can't. PHL, Philadelphia International. P&E, Philadelphia Northeast, actually the city. We call it the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. Smaller airports sometimes just have, have a letter and two numbers, like 010. That's a small general aviation airport in Ohio. You have no idea just by its identifier, but whatever the city or township names it and goes by. So that, that's the difference why it's Northeast Philadelphia Airport, also known as the identifier P&E. 
you have a lot of challenges. Just because you don't have scheduled service every day doesn't mean that it is not one of the most challenging environments to work at in the, in the state. What's the biggest challenge for a general aviation airport? The biggest challenge for most general aviation airports, and not even just general aviation, but it's revenue, funding. It's very difficult for a general aviation airport to get funding from the FAA or from the state block grant program. Northeast Airport has been pretty successful over the years, especially lately, getting funding to do capital projects and, and assure the longevity of the airport. But there's a lot of smaller airports through the country, almost on a monthly basis, that end up closing down just because they can't operate in in today's world. It's a very expensive world. Aviation is very expensive. We're seeing fewer pilots. We're seeing fewer mechanics. We're seeing a lot less people get into aviation for pleasure flying. And a lot of those GA airports would rely on that in the past. So they have to try to come up with other revenue streams, which is very, very, very challenging because airports, it's normally just everything strictly aviation. And it's a very small, tight field. How do you make your revenue at PE? It actually comes from tenants, leases that, that, that pay money to, to lease property or lease facilities. But actually, a lot of it also comes from fuel sales. The FBOs, the fixed based operators, sell fuel to transients or to base aircraft, and we get a, a fuel flow percentage, a, a percentage of fuel sales. And at Northeast Airport, we annually move or, or pump about 2.2 million gallons of fuel a year, 1.9 of that being Jet A, very expensive fuel. So Absolutely. We, have a lot of, we have a lot of corporate activity, people buying a lot of fuel, so we, we get a lot of that money. There are a lot of projects and improvements happening at PE, and we've been successful in getting some grant money. Can you talk a little bit about some of those sure projects? Can. Uh, one that we just finished up was about a $1.2 million project where we updated all the signs on the airfield. Brand new Luma Curve LED signs along with that project were some nav aids. And we got all new wind cones. Uh, we got new runway end identifier lights on the runway 15N. New PAPIs, precision approach indicator that assists a pilot landing on the 15 end of the runway. We ourselves are updating all the taxiway edge lights mm-hmm. to LED. It's a, oh, that's fantastic. It is. We, we think we'll see great energy savings between our edge lights and these new signs. We've also recently finished what we call airport improvements. And w- with that, we did milling and repaving of several roads, parking lots on the airport. And we created some new parking areas by our maintenance building for maintenance equipment. Mm-hmm. We were able to replace some uh, security perimeter fencing and install some new additional fencing in an area that we were able to identify where a lot of wildlife were coming onto the Mm -hmm. airport. So this new fence will keep out about 95% of deer that we found that come onto the airfield. I actually love that project, by the way. It's all about safety and keeping keeping everybody safe. It is. It's well worth the money that's being spent to keep the deer off. And I'm an animal lover, so... I like to make sure <laughs> the deer right. are off and safe. And, and that project also included uh, tearing down a, a very old building on the airport that was serving no purpose, can never be used for in, any other means, and some old signposts that we, know, that we no longer needed. And then there's the big kahuna, the, the big, runway the 624 big kahuna, 624, that, that, that started in April. And that's going to be a three- or four-year project, uh, seven months 
each year it'll be closed because it's a full depth reclamation of the runway. It's very exciting. Because over time, yes, we will resurface runways, but every once in a while you just have to go in and redo the whole thing and make sure it's structurally sound the whole way down. That runway was first built in 1945. The United States Army Air Corps actually started development of the Northeast Airport in 1944. Before that, it was just a grass field from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Army Air Corps during World War II started the project, never finished it. They actually gave it to the city of Philadelphia. The city finished the airport in 1945, operating as the Philadelphia Northeast Airport. It was then called the North Philadelphia Airport. In 1960, runway 624 was lengthened from 5,000 feet to the current 7,000 feet. And since then, all it's ever been is what we call a scratch melon pave, right. taking off two or three inches of melon pavement. So it's never had, since 1944... The first 5,000 feet yeah. of the 6 in and the last 2,000 feet of 2-4 from 1960 has never had a full-depth reclamation. That's why it's going to be such a long project over three, possibly four years, and at a cost of approximately $25 million. And a big shout-out to the FAA, and thank you for the funding and the support that they're giving this airport to allow us to do that project. Very big. As we get reminded by the FAA, that's a lot of money to spend (laughs) on a general aviation airport. It is. But I tell them when you're the the sixth busiest airport in the state and the busiest general aviation (laughs) airport in the state, why would you not spend that money? Talk about that for a second. So what are the five airports that are busier than PNE? PHL. And we're the busiest. You're the busiest, followed by Pittsburgh. That's right. Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, Mm -hmm. Lehigh Valley. Okay. And then... We actually bounce around between the number five and number six with Allegheny County. Okay. So just to put it in perspective for our listeners, there are other commercial service airports in the state. There's about 122 airports in the state of Pennsylvania. 66 of those are in the NIPIAS, the National Plan of Integrated Airport Systems that qualify for funding. Of those 66, it's about 27, I believe, that are commercial service and all the rest are general aviation. So, yeah, we're, we're busier than quite a few of the commercial service and many of the general aviation airports. One of the other things I want you to talk about a little bit to our listeners is about your background. And your love of aviation is deep and broad. My parents were both school teachers. My mom taught... So were mine. Did oh, you know oh, No, I did not know that. My, mine, mom, my yeah. mom taught English literature and my father computer science. So how... My love for aviation. My dad taught computer science. You're kidding. No, I am not. Are you my, my sister? Was... That we know? Yeah, I know. Anyway, I'm sorry. We're Go clo- ahead. We're close in age. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead. No, so, so anyway, my, my love of aviation goes back to, I, I was just awed every time I, I would see a, a plane flying in the sky. And I, I think my the first time I was ever on a, a plane, back when everybody used to dress up and it was a really big deal. And, yep. It, we were flying from Orlando to Indiana to go and visit my father's family. That's the first time I remember flying, and I just loved it. I, I couldn't get enough. As as a child, if I did my chores and I was good that week, we got a, I got a dollar allowance. And of that dollar, 25 cents went to the church, and I would save the 75 cents till 
you know, five or six weeks. I'd run down to the store. I would take that money, and I'd have to buy myself a plastic airplane model. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh. I, I had, believe it or not, in my room, in my closet, I had close to 45 different models of planes. Growing up, when I got into high school, Top Gun came out. Everybody wanted to oh, watch, yeah. see Top Gun, be, be a Top Gun pilot, be, be Maverick. My, my Doberman, my dog's actually named Maverick. Oh, jeez. I actually had a friend in school that w- we became friends before I even knew his love of aviation. Turns out he was a, he was a pilot, and his dad owned a Citabria, operated off of a little grass strip outside of Orlando. And I went up, I was begging my mom and dad. My mom finally gave in and let me go flying with Mike. That was his name. Satabri is a two-person plane. Yep. One says, you're familiar with that. Yeah. And it's a fully aerobatic plane. In fact, you know what Satabri is, correct? Mm-hmm. Aerobatic spelled backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they let me go flying with him. And I had to call my mom as soon as we got back on the ground. And, you know, everything's safe. We landed. It, it was all wonderful. So... She thinks I only went flying with him one time. You know, I, n- I never told her about the probably fifty other times we went because I didn't want to scare her to death all those Uh-oh, times. You might not want to. You might not want to share this podcast episode with your mom then. I've told her. Since. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so I, I'm safe. She she was still mad when I told her. But, but you also have a degree in aviation and a pilot's license, so it went. I on do. From there. When, when I was in high school, I played flying video games, and I decided I wanted to go into the military. I wanted to fly jets. So in school. I played varsity football. I played varsity baseball. I was on the National Honor Society. I was the top male in my class. I volunteered time. I got letters from senators because I had been going out to the Air Force Academy. I went to the Air Force Academy, and I was told then because of my vision, and I've had, believe it or not, as a child, I've had high blood pressure my whole life. I was told I could never fly jets. Only helicopters. So I actually turned down an appointment to the Air Force Academy. Oh, my. Yeah, not many people do that. I turned out, I did everything I needed to do to wow. get there and then turned down an appointment. So I went to Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. And that's where I got the degree in aviation management and flight operations. Private pilot, instrument pilot, commercial pilot, flight instructor. At Jacksonville University, they, they have a pretty neat program when you get into the flight. As a senior, they hire you to be a flight instructor and you you teach oh, so freshmen. you get to earn some money while you're still going to school. Earn money, you get experience. So when you when you when you get out, it's easier to find a job. And I have about 450 hours. But I got married while I was in college. Started a family. Had a couple of close calls when I was flying that scared my yeah. wife to death. One that actually scared me to death. And we we talked and decided that maybe I should get into the aviation management side instead of the flying side. So. Sent out the resumes all over the country. Philadelphia was hiring. Came up here for a test. Came back for an interview. Was asked, "Would you, if you were offered a position at the Northeast Philadelphia Airport, would you take it?" Of course, I would. So here we are, twenty-five years and one month later. Wow. I've been at the Northeast Airport. Wow, that's a, been, that's a, that's an amazing background. That I, I that's really cool, John. And there's been so much growth at the airport over that time, and I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. A lot of growth at the Well, God knows we're happy to have you. All right, last question. Okay. Tell our listeners one thing that people may not know about you. I just love animals to death. I've had dogs my whole life. I have two dogs now, Maverick, and the other one's name is Ray. Don't ask me. (laughs) So did you know that we're starting a a PHL Wagging Tails Brigade? So we are actually going to be bringing in 
therapy animals to walk oh, wow. around the terminals. Oh, They're going to have little blue vests on that say pet me. And um, it's there have been studies that show that children especially are a lot calmer when they get on the airplane after they've had a chance to interact and pet a dog. I think so because animals, especially the therapeutic, they're not nervous. So they, they can calm you because they're not putting off that nervousness that people can get from from animals. So I, that that's really a great program. I think that'll help a lot of people, not just kids. but I think we ought to talk about getting dogs in your offices maybe. Maybe it will calm your employees down. What do you think? Uh, am I allowed to say Maverick's been at work on a few occasions? <laughs> sure. <laughs> John, that's about all the time we have. Well, thank you, Sonia. Um, I am so happy that you joined me today. To learn more about our airports, please visit phl.org. I'm Shelly Cameron. Thank you for listening.